That was from a mission trip where they sent Bibles, and those people were kissing the Word of God. Did you see that? Let's give the Lord some praise for His Word. Amen? See, a lot of times we don't realize how important the Word of God is. A lot of times we can hear it, we can begin to receive it, and sometimes we just don't receive it. And you've got to be able to receive it, believe it, and receive it, and you'll begin to walk out and carry out those things. Can I get an amen? Come on now. As we begin to look at the Word of God and the, the, the church name this morning, as I, was, I saw that video, I began to weep. And I thought, how many of us have six or eight or ten or twelve Bibles and concordances and, and all the other information that goes along with it? And we're studying here and we're studying there. And then he says to take that Word and you take that Word and you hide it in your heart. You know why? Because your life will change with the Word of God. Oh, come on. Before I get into my message this morning... I want to tell you about the Word of God. The Word of God, it was there in the beginning. John says that Jesus was the Word, and the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among the men. Are you with me? The Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and Word was God. And it was Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. We have the written Word of God because we can begin to operate and be like Jesus. We can begin to operate in the Word, and we begin to operate, and things can change in our lives. And a lot of times people are like, Pastor, give me this to make me feel better. Or give me that to make me feel better. Or I need to change here. And it's the Word of God that's going to change you. It'll be the Word of God that will change your heart. It will be the Word of God that will come forth and change a person's life. It'll be what that Word has done. It'll shape and change and make and mold you. Come on, somebody give the Word a great big praise in this house today. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know, and I begin to start thinking about the Word of God. And we've been talking about declaring the Word of God. Amen? Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the, but the Word of God. We'll give everybody our opinions on Facebook. We'll say, I'll tell you how this ought to be, and this ought to be, and I heard this, and I should have said this, and I'll be this, and you should do this, and you should do that. And it's like, how many times do we really give the Word of God? I want to give you my opinion today, but my opinion really doesn't matter. I want to give you what the Word of God says because it will be the Word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Declare this after me. Say this after me. I set my course of my life with declarations. God is on my side. Therefore, I declare I cannot be defeated. I cannot be discouraged. I'm not going to be depressed. And I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm the head. 
not the tail. I have insight. I have wisdom. I have ideas. I have divine strategies. This is all the Word of God, y'all. If you want to, when you get done at the end of the service, over there on that sheet, there's three different declarations. This is just the red sheet. It shows you the Word of God. Speak this forth. Say, I have the wisdom of God today. I think right thoughts. I say right words. I make right decisions in every situation that I face. I expect divine appointments today to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to prophesy life, to lead people to Christ, to bring deliverance, to release signs, wonders, miracles everywhere I go. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this. Say, I expect, everybody, I expect today to be the best day of my life in Jesus' name. Now let's give the Lord some praise for the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. And you look and you go places and places where they say you can't take this word of God. You can't bring that Bible to work. You can't take this and read it at your lunch. And then you, when we come to America where we've got a bunch of different Bibles and we're like, you know what? I don't just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't ever read it, but I collected them because they looked really nice. I remember when I was a kid, we had this great big white Bible. Anybody ever seen it? It was leather bound. It was white and it was huge huge and it sat on our coffee table i never opened it i didn't know what was in it i just thought it was you know you know one of mom's little you know knickknack things are you with me come on somebody and then now you begin to open up the word the prophetic words that came forth this morning talked about love they talked about us and the kingdom of heaven and i was looking i was looking y'all i wasn't on facebook when i was on my phone up here i was actually reading the word of god amen I was looking in Romans chapter 14, and it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, joy, and peace in what? In the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. And I began to start thinking about God's kingdom, his dominion, his domain. You know, and I thought, you know, we, we taught about that many years ago. We did a whole series on that. We're just going to have to bring that thing back. Come on, somebody. And begin to start really understanding what the kingdom is and what it's not. Come on. And as we begin to look at it, we have to understand that there is peace. There's righteousness from Jesus Christ. There's joy. Anybody need joy? Aren't we in a world that we got to have some people need some joy? Amen? The righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So real quick, I don't know if the ushers have handed. They're going to hand you out uh, pass a handout from last week that I want you guys to get that. If you've got that, go ahead and get it. And those of you that love to take notes, be glad to take some notes. But on the back of that, I'll help you get through there. We've actually touched base with the first one through six points, and I'll go through and give those to you for those of you that want to catch up. And those of you that are joining us online, we're online today. We're online every time we, we broadcast, and we've got some people. I was I thought, you know what? I don't know how important the online situation is. And then I had some people text me and email me and say, look, don't cut that off. It's a lifeline. It's a lifeline to some people out there. So we just welcome all of those that are joining us today online. But we're going to give you a handout, and it's called Eight Functions of the Holy Spirit. 
I thought about, you know, you go to a job, you go to a job interview, and you say, you know what, I'm here for this interview, and, well, Eric, welcome, we're glad to have you. And the first words is, what's the job description? What are you expecting from me? What is the job description? And a lot of times we, they can sit down and they say, okay, I need you to take out the trash, and then you got to wash the dishes, and then you got to do the laundry. Come on, somebody. And they actually have an understanding of what the job description is. So we began to look and talk about the Holy Spirit. That's the third person of the Trinity. A lot of people will talk about the Father and the Son, but they just leave out Holy Spirit. And we're not going to leave out Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. It was so important that Jesus told the disciples, I got to go because the Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit in, 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 in the book of John, when when he was when Jesus was baptized, the, the, the heavens opened up and the spirit of God ascended like a dove and ascended upon Jesus and the voice of heaven. God, the father spoke and he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And I think I'll, and that was before Jesus did any miracles. Hello? Did you know that? You can go back and read it. The father identified Jesus as his son who he was pleased in, and it was before he performed any miracles. And a lot of times in my life, I think that's backwards. I should have performed the miracles, then my daddy would have said, good job. So how many of us have the dads ever come to him and say, hey, good job, and you're like, I ain't done nothing yet, and they got the trash. I hadn't washed the car. I didn't wax it. I haven't mowed the lawn. I haven't trimmed the edges. Are you with me? But the Father is identifying the Son even before any miracles take place. And I'm here to tell you, He will identify you as a son and daughter when you give your life to Jesus Christ. He will put His, He will point to you and say, that's my boy, that's my girl. And you become that son and daughter of God, not by what you achieve, but by you receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then, oh, that was a good place for an amen. Am I in the right church this morning? Amen. Let me get to the message real quick. Um, Pastor Shelley sends her love. She is in, um, where was I? Uh, she is in um, 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 Dodge City. Thank you. She's in Dodge City. It was in Dodge City. There's a little baseball tournament going on. Our grandson's playing in it and some others from Woodward. I drove back this morning. I got up at 6 a.m., had a little jelly, had a little jam. Got a couple pieces, put it in the slot, press down the lever, and the wires get how to get toast. Yeah, toast. Yeah, I got you on that one. I got you guys on that one. I did get up at 6 a.m. and drive in here. Amen? So afterwards, I love y'all, but we got to do a couple things when we get done. But I'm going to be heading back up to Dodge City because them boys are going to win a tournament, and I want to watch it. I want to see it. Okay, real quickly, um, Shelly sends her love. She's up there uh, this morning. She probably could be watching us online up until they, I think they start at 1130. So um, we're going to get done by 1130. No, <laughs> probably will get done by 1130, but that's not the reason why. Let's take a look at this real quick. If you've got the eight functions of the Holy Spirit, let me just help you fill them in. First of all, the Spirit, the job of the Holy Spirit. Or can I say a function of the Holy Spirit or the dynamic of the Holy Spirit? Number one is to help us understand the Bible. We can understand the Bible through preachers and teachers, but there's sometimes that we're like, you know, I don't understand. It's the Spirit of God who lives in us, who ascends on us. Bill Johnson said this. He said, when Jesus came and the heavens opened up and the Spirit of God came down, the Spirit of God ascended upon Jesus. 
When you get saved, you get born again. The Spirit of God comes on the inside of you. Are you with me? So the Spirit of God operates on the inside of us for us. And He ascends on the, on the, on the, on the outside of us for others. Are you with me? So the Spirit of God, one of His functions is to be able to help us understand the Bible. Say understand. The second one, real quickly, is it's in Romans 8:26. is that the Spirit of God helps us pray. He helps us pray. The Spirit of God, did you know He's a helper? He's a comforter. Anybody need some comfort from the Spirit of God? You know, there's a lot of times... There's a lot of times where you don't know what to say to a person and they've gone through a death or a difficult time in their life. And you try to bring comfort and you just, you know, in your of your human self, you just, anybody ever felt, oh, man, I tried to minister to him, I tried to help him, and I just fell short. You know, and, but the Holy Spirit can do so much more than you can do. So the second one is the Holy Spirit helps us pray. The third thing is the Holy Spirit helps us get wisdom. We can get wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And we need wisdom. I need, we need wisdom today. We just don't need man's wisdom. We need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom for the United States of America. We need God's wisdom for Iran. We need God's wisdom for Iraq. We need God's wisdom for Lebanon. We need God's wisdom for Israel. We need God's wisdom. And we look at all these things, and there's man that have, has a lot of wisdom, but we need God's wisdom. The fourth thing is the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit can guide us. Remember when we, we talked about the GPS system? You know, recalculating, recalculating. And last week I shared with you when I got a first GPS system, you know, I'd rented this. I, it was a rental car. It was in North Carolina. I'd rented this car. And they said, do you want to rent this new thing that we have? And it's called the GPS system. And I used it and I got on it and then it wasn't accurate because it was like destination on the right. We were looking for a pizza place. And it was in a we were in a residential neighborhood, Wayne. I was like, oh, wait, they, how many of you know they've really, the technology's really changed? There's, there's really a couple good ones that are out there. But the Holy Spirit will guide us. The Holy Spirit will guide us. The Spirit of God, if you'll listen to, the Holy Spirit was trying to guide Paul on his mission trips. And it was like, no, no, don't go there. Not yet. You can go here. And then later Paul was able, able to go. But he guides us. Say guides us. The fifth thing, real quick is he brings us deep and lasting peace. He brings us peace. And you can look at John 14 later and do that. This, the sixth thing, number six, the sixth thing that the Holy Spirit be able to help is helps bring unity to believers. And that means being diligent to preserve the unity in the faith. Unity. And listen to me, listen to me. Y'all look at me just a minute. Unity is not uniformity. I don't want y'all to look like me, and I don't want to look like y'all. <laughs> Amen? Unity is not uniformity, but unity is saying we have one mind, one purpose, one heart. We want Jesus, we want Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we want our world to change. Come on, somebody. We believe in Jesus. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And, and he, he continued to bring unity. And Ephesians 4, 3 talks about that. It says, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So how many of you know, according to that scripture, that there's unity in the Spirit 
And in that spirit, there's the bond of peace. And my, my word is peace. Turn to, your, turn to your neighbor and say, Shalom. Tell him, Shalom. That's the peace of God. The, the New Testament says, it's the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Will keep your heart and your mind on Christ. Amen? It's that peace of God. So the Holy Spirit begins to bring peace to the believers. So let me, let me, let me just dig in here. We're going to dig into to, uh, number seven. Number seven is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us worship. Now, we come into worship. And last week I talked a little bit. I didn't unpack it. But there are two different types of people. There are people that worship and there are worshipers. People that worship and worshipers. And I've heard it say you're worshiping something. Even if you don't go to church, even if you don't, you know, like contemporary music, whatever it might be, you're worshiping something. Even if you're not a believer, you're worshiping something. So we're, we're either we're, you're a worship, you come to worship, or there's worshipers. And that worshipers can worship 24-7. You know, I, I've been involved in, in movements where you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're having worship from 3 to 4. You're joining others and you're having worship and there's worshipers. I started out to worship and I became a worshiper. I just don't worship God on Sunday morning. I don't worship God on Wednesday nights. Come on, somebody. I worship God. I got a hold of a scripture and it says... It says it's the scripture that I really it helped change my life. It really helped me understand. It said, "Whatever I do in word and deed, do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ." So I'm telling you, when I mow my lawn, I mow it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know that makes it go by easier and better <laughs> when you're doing stuff? When I'm working at my hog farm and I'm shoveling, you know, manure. Come on, somebody. I do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and it makes it better. So some of the things that you may have some difficulty in, this is a word for somebody today. If you're having difficulty, you're struggling, that God's just say, begin to turn that into worship for him, and that burden will be removed, amen, and that yoke will be destroyed because Jesus said, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. He helps us worship. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Let me just read this to you. It says, but an hour is coming and now is that when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. This, when you begin to look at it and say, I want to be able to be a worshiper of God. I don't want to just worship. I want to be a worshiper. So there's a different level. Verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him worship him in what? Spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Spirit and truth. We worship him in spirit. The Holy Spirit can help us worship. There's times where I've, <laughs> I, I, I'm different than you guys. You guys want to know what a pastor thinks about when he first comes into church? You come in and I look like, okay, is that light on? Is that in there? Is there a greeter at the front door? Oh, come on, somebody. Is somebody in here? Did somebody make coffee? There's donuts there. Okay, they're good. You know what I mean? I can walk in here and the worship team's practicing. Okay, they're good. And I'm working in here and I'm like, okay, this light's out, that light's out. What about this? What about that? Oh, this did the, the carpet here. And then, and I'm looking at all these different things and it's like, okay, let's worship. 
And I'm here trying to figure out, is the children's ministry taken care of or the children back there? Are there teachers back there for the kids? And then I come to church, and they're like, you know, nobody's going to be there. You know, you're going to pull in, and then there's going to be empty. You know what I mean? And then I come in, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm thinking about that. And I'm, and then I'm, like, and I'm like, okay, now i got to worship. i got to worship. But, you know, when I, I've realized that, you know what, forget about all the other stuff. What they sang about today was getting in the presence of God. Let's just get in the presence of God. When you come and you come to worship, yes, there's functionary things that are taking place. Yes, those of you that have children, you got to take your kids back. Make sure they're taken care of. They're taken back, they're taken care of back there. We're going to do the best with your kids. They're important to us. They're important to God. We want to make sure that's taken care of. We want to do that. Then be able to get to that place where you can begin to go, let's worship. And I believe that you'll move from being a worshiper I mean, worshiping to a worshiper. And this will be able to help start that. There's three different ways that people really, that, that they worship. You can access the things of God very quickly. And there's three ways that sometimes you access it. Some of us, some of us access it by music. Man, you can start playing some music, especially worship music. You know what I mean? And I'm like, da, 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 and I'm the upbeat, you know, high praise kind of guy. I'm just, I'm going 120 miles an hour and I'm listening to words and I'm, and I'm doing that. And I just, I love it. I can get into that and I can, I can, I feel like I access the things of God. Some access God through prayer. There's some people that's like, I don't need worship. I just need to pray. <laughs> And, and that's, that's okay. You access God that way. Well, come in and worship with us and then pray while you're worshiping. Come on, somebody. And others can say, you know what? I don't know. I'm not about all about worship and prayer. But man, when you open up the Word of God, He begins to speak to me. I begin to hear some things through the Word of God. So He'll help us worship. I want to park here on this next one real quick and just kind of spend just a few moments with this. The Holy Spirit helps us speak for Christ okay let me give you a short understanding Jesus came died for our sins paid the price died on the cross said it is finished he fulfilled the Old Testament law the Old Testament law which he fulfilled was the penalty of sin as being a sacrifice, a blood covenant sacrifice. Jesus shed his blood on the cross so you no longer have to sacrifice a lamb. He was the lamb of our sacrifice. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, how about a hard amen on that? Amen? So he shed his blood. He came back, and for 40 days, and the 50th day, there was the Pentecost. That's all involved in Acts chapter 2. But for 40 days, he taught the disciples, and, and they were like, man, don't go. And he's like, no, I've got to go, because if I don't go, the Spirit of the living God won't come. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. And then we see Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. After 50 days, that Pentecost time frame, that Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Jesus right now is seated, according to my word, is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you. Right? That's biblical as scripture. You can look it up. He's seated, at, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. And who's doing the work in the earth? The Holy Spirit is, but he's doing it through us. So, if Jesus wants the chair moved, 
He'll, 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 oh, come on, somebody. He'll empower us to move it. Hello? And we'll move it according to the word of, of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit does the work, is doing the work in the earth. And he helps us speak for him. So let me, get, let me just get some scripture because I love, that's the, that's the most important thing. Luke 12, 11 and 12. When they bring you before the synagogue and rulers and the authorities, don't worry about how and what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour how you ought to say. Now, I think this is about Peter, and it was like, you know what, you're fixing to go before a governor, and Paul ended up doing the same thing. Turn with me to Acts chapter, well, let me, let me just see where we want to go, Lord. Just give me a moment. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 10. Let's look at verses 19 and 20. Matthew 10, verses 19 and 20. And you guys are welcome to use your electronic devices. Matthew 10, verses 19 and 20. I like mine. I got some notes in it. Man, it's all good. I could, man, I could go back. But if you get a chance, read some of that. He's talking about the 12 disciples. He's talking to the 12 disciples, and he said, look, here's some things that you need to know. And he goes on in, in verse 19. Um, let me look at verse 16. He said, I'm going to send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so you'd be shrewd as serpents and as innocent as a dove. Um, I know I'm not preaching on that scripture, so maybe maybe later. But be aware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Not you who speaks. So he's telling Peter, James, and John, and Bartholomew, and all of the disciples that they're going to pull you in. It's not going to be fun and games. Because you're preaching about Christ and the miracles that Christ did and said, that's from God. He's the Messiah. They're going to pull you in, and you're going to be in front of governors, and you're going to be in front of kings. And you don't have to worry about going. I don't know what to say. He says, guess what? The spirit of the living God is going to, from the Father, is going to be in you. And he will begin to speak to you what to say. And man, if you, if you guys, man, this is so cool. I want to encourage you to go through and read. I mean, it was so cool. Paul's in front of Agrippa. And he starts talking about Christ, and he starts talking about his Damascus Road experience. And King Agrippa is like, are you trying to convert me to be a Christian? <laughs> I mean, he was just giving his testimony.
morning. We heard the testimony today. We heard about God's love today. We heard about those things. And Paul was sitting there, and he's just telling them, you know, hey, I met this guy. He knocked me off my horse. He healed me. I, I couldn't see. And then I went to this other, and he removed the scales, and the scales fell off. And, and Paul was very well educated. He was smooth. He was per- persecuting Christians. He had a Damascus Road experience, a conversion, if you will. And now he's standing in front of the king, and he's telling them about that experience. And it's when you go through and you read these things, it's just like, man, it's so cool. This is so cool. And he's like, these guys, I mean, they, and Paul would be one that says, I'm not eloquent of speech. If you look at the scriptures, Apollos was the one that was the charismatic dude. He was the one that could was real eloquent in his speech. And Paul was like, I'm not, I'm not real eloquent in my speech. In fact, obviously it was so boring that this dude fell asleep and fell out the window. Are you with me? He did. He fell out the window <laughs> and he died. And you know, Paul, Paul was what? He just kept on preaching. <laughs> Go get him, we'll heal him, we'll raise him from the dead, amen? But uh, here's my 17th, 80th, 117th point that i got to make. So, you know, they were, they were there. So when you look at it and you see Paul standing before them, speaking, it's like, what happened? How did that happen? What was taking place there? Acts chapter 4, turn with me real quick, a couple more scriptures, Acts chapter 4. And I, I want us to, to know that I believe that we're coming to a place and coming to a time where God will be able to empower you what to say. And the question, the dynamic is, is how do we stand for the word of God and not offend other people or not, you know, try to feel like you condemn other people or anything else like that? How do we do that? Because that's a a tremendous dynamic that we've got to begin to look at and say, God, how do we tell them, like Jesus did, the woman, the adulterous woman, to go and sin no more, but yet it was in such love that I believe she went and sinned no more. How do we be able to tell others like Jesus did when they lowered the man down on the mat? And he, he was like, you know, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more and take up your mat and leave. Are you with me? How are we able to be able to do that? I believe as we understand the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will continue to lead and guide and direct us. Acts chapter 4. Then Peter, this is Peter. Look at me just a minute before I read this. Peter had just got through denying Christ. Not once, not twice, but... And boy, we could look at it nowadays and say, oh, what a wimp, Pete. What a wimp. He denied Christ. You know what I mean? I would never deny the Lord. And that's what they said. I'm not denying. Jesus was like, you don't know what you're saying, man. You know, before the time I get gone, you're going to hear a rooster crow, and you're going to have denied me three times. What happened to that weak, cowardly Peter? What happened to him? What happened to you before when you didn't know Christ or didn't have a relationship with God and weren't even willing to say, yes, I, I believe Christ? Whatever, what happened to the Rachel girl that was at Columbine when the guy said, whoever, if, if that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, stand up. She stood up and took a bullet. There was courage that came on the scene. There was courage, I believe, with Rachel that came on the scene at that time. I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of believe in God. Maybe I will. I'm not just not going to stand up. But same thing with Peter. 
We can look at Peter and say, man, what happened to Pete? Pete was running. Not only Pete was running, he started cussing at other people. Just so we would be more like the world, and they would think, well, I guess maybe he wasn't with Jesus. But yet, they went into this upper room. There was something that happened. They went into this upper room, and we can read some of this. Because after Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Spirit of the living God, how many of you know the Spirit of God will make you bold? It'll make you bold. And how do we be bold in love? I don't, that's for another message. How are we bold but still in love? How can we operate that way and still be in love? How are you bold with your children but you still parent? How are you able to say, um, the stove is on and if you put your hand on that, you will get burned. But yet they walk over and go, and you go, <laughs> you swoop in and get him. And I said, I said, no, you're going to get burned. How are we still able to do that in love? Let's check out Peter and let's see what happened to him. Because the spirit of the living God was outpouring. Things were happening. In verse or chapter 4, verse 10, are we there? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Oh, they had a healing. There was the beggar that was outside the temple, and they went in and said, Silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then he comes in with them, right? And he's coming in with them. And now they're, they're upset with Peter because how did you do this? How did you do this? And he said, hey, it happened by the name of Christ. He says, by this, this name. This man stands here in good health. He is the stone, meaning Christ, which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men that which must be saved. What was the difference? All of a sudden he was running and saying, I'm not part of Christ. Now he's standing in front of religious leaders of the day saying, the guy that you guys crucified, it's in his name that this guy's alive. It's in his name that he is risen. It's in his name that he is healed. It's in his name that he's behind me today. He has the boldness to be able to, to stand up, the boldness to be able to say something happened, and it was the Holy Spirit. If you want to go back and reread and understand what took place with Peter and then look farther where you begin to see Peter being bold. Earlier part of the Acts, he's like, look, these guys aren't drunk. It's the spirit of the living God that's poured out here today. He was even taking a bold stance. And it wasn't just him because in that upper room, the spirit of the God was released. The Spirit of God, not to just be on us. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come on us, we'd do some tremendous things. Now the Spirit of God lives in us. He lives in us, and He's on us. He's in us for you, and on us for other people. Are you with me? So we can begin to be bold when we understand the Spirit of God. So, Susan, if you will, come and play real quick. I want to... I wanna, I want to park here just a moment. Galatians 5.22. That is the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Are you with me? That's the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit lives where? Come on, everybody. He lives where? He lives on. If you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God, Corinthians says, you become one with Him in spirit. That Spirit lives on the inside of you. That Spirit is the Spirit that will help guide you. It'll help you worship. It'll help you pray. He'll be in to, to help you intercede. He'll give you deep and lasting peace. It's that Spirit that lives on the inside of us that will also help produce the fruit of His Spirit. Love. We talked about loving God, loving others, loving the lost, loving the ministry. We talked about love, joy. We got to have joy in the midst of what we're going through. We're, we're, there's some difficult times. You're in some difficult times. There's some uncertain times that we're in right now. And we've got to have some joy through this. Peace. Anybody need that peace? That's my word for the year. I've got we, we, the very beginning of the year. We asked everybody to pray and ask the Lord for one word, and we built that one word, and it's on the end of this, this uh, sound booth. If you guys want to leave and look and find your one word there, or if you don't have a word, look and see how the Lord will illuminate that word to you. It's that one word that, that operates within us, minus peace this year. Patience. The Bible calls it long-suffering in the King James Version. It's not just so you suffer for a long time. It's, it means it's, it's greater than that. It's having patience in the midst of what's going on. It's being patient with one another. Patient as we grow. Patient as we connect to God. Patient as we learn His Word. Patient as we understand more about the Holy Spirit. Kindness. Are we kind? Are we kind? Are we kind? There's a lot of mean Christians out there, y'all. And I was one of them. Mean. And I want to be able to be kind. How about goodness? Are we good to each other? Are we good to one another? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not saying that. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling condemned, that's not in God. So get in Christ, and it's this conviction of the Spirit that says, you know what, I could probably be a little nicer to Kelly. <laughs> I could be good. Kindness, goodness, gentleness. I love what Jesus said. He said, look, I'm sending you out in the world. Be careful of the world. Be as wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. The world has its ways, and I like to know the ways of the world, but I need to be gentle as we move through it. Are you with me? How about faithfulness? Are we faithful to each other? Are we faithful to the Lord? Are we faithful? Again, this is just the word. Can I get them all? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm learning about self-control because I've had to change my eating habits. Don't be like me and have to deal with some physical issues that all of a sudden i got to change the way I eat. 
I knew I should have ate better years ago. Right? And listen. Because I did it, I deal with issues. I got to have some self-control. Maybe there's some self-control that you guys need in certain areas of your life. Maybe there's an increase of self-control. Maybe some of you are just so self-controlled that you try to control everything. <laughs> Even God. You know, God, I prayed and you're going to do this, you know. But just be able to have that self-control. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet today. I want, I'm going to pray. I want the Holy Spirit to guide you. Be led by the Spirit of the living God. Just close your eyes a moment because I know Holy Spirit is already moving. He's identifying some things in your life. And it's about that. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, I don't even know. And I'm never connected to Jesus, so how can I be connected to the Spirit of the living God? And if that's you today, we want you to want you to see some prayer teams that we have over here on the side of the stage. There's some private times that they can just introduce you to Christ. The other thing is, maybe you've been far away and you just feel like you're not connected to the things of God. Let's change that today. Holy Spirit's moving today. He's moving in you and through you. Will you be led by the Spirit of God? And there's times we want to lead ourselves. There's times we want to lead others. But let's allow God to lead us. We never ask for a, an offering under condemnation. We give because it's love. And give because God is leading you to give. When you do that, it's easy to release. What about releasing forgiveness in other people's lives? What about people that have hurt you? What about people that have said bad things about you? What about those different things, those areas? Can you release forgiveness today? Just release that forgiveness today. That's a part of love. Love is learning to forgive because Mario talked about Corinthians in chapter 13 where it talks about love. It says it keeps no records of wrongs. Wow. God's not chalking you up like a, a chalkboard and saying, Oh, Eric, you messed up on that one. That's another one. There's two. There's three. There's ten. Me, if he was, my board would be full. But praise God, Jesus comes in and he erases that. And he said, I paid the price. So love keeps no records of wrongs. And that's hard. But is there somebody here today that you could just say, You know what? I'm forgiving that person. I'm going to be wise as a serpent. And when I see them, I'm going to be as gentle as a dove. And I'm going to love on them in the midst of what's going on in their lives. I want to pray for you just to be led by the Spirit of the living God. Pray for you to be led by His Spirit. You can be led by your spirit, your soul, your mind, your will and emotions. Just be led by His. Be quick to forgive. You know what? If you, God's, trust me, He's forgiven you. You just bring it up to Him. It's gone. It's actually really gone before you even bring it up to Him. He knows before you even say it. So just release that to Him today. I see some people 
in the spirit, just beginning to set them things down, setting it down, walking away, walking away. I see some of you say, you know what, I, I want to be more bold, but I don't know how to say what I want to say. And sometimes I can't tell you, the spirit of God will tell you. He'll help you speak. Will you receive that today? If you just receive today, just turn your hand, your palms up like you're receiving a package. And just receive, 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 receive his leading. I mean, the spirit of God will tell you to turn right or left. The spirit of God can say, mm, mm. <laughs> a lot of times the Holy Spirit said, you need to get this and put this in your truck. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't have time. I'm, I got to go. I got to go. I got a next appointment. I, I don't have time. And then I'll go to my appointment. And then all of a sudden, something will come up and I'll go, man, I, I needed that thing that I should have put it in my truck. It reminds you. He's not going to remind you of your past. He's not going to remind you of your sins. He's going to remind you of what Jesus has done. And the righteousness of God. That he puts you in right relationship. Not how good you are or how bad you are. It's about the relationship that Christ had with the Father. That he paid the debt for sin. Past, present, and future. And he makes us righteous in right relationship. So just receive that. Receive his leading today. Are you receiving it? Are you receiving it? Are you receiving it? Are you receiving that? Yeah. You're receiving it? Yeah. Just continue to receive it. Just receive it. Then in your heart or even out loud, you can just say, I received that, Lord. I just received that, Lord. Maybe some of you are feeling condemned and there is no condemnation. Romans 8.28, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then maybe you just you just got to receive that there is no condemnation. God's not condemning you. Just receive that love. We talked about love today. They sang about it today. The presence of God. His love. Just receive a greater measure of His love. I'm going to pray that you have an encounter with God and His love. That He shows up in your bedroom at night. Or maybe you're sitting in the kitchen table with a cup of coffee and all of a sudden God shows up. Maybe you're driving down the street and and you're headed home and, and and he shows up in your car. Maybe he shows up in, in different places and different times in your life that you just receive that encounter that God has for you. And not just one, multiple. Because I'm asking God for more. Because I need more. I need more. I need more understanding. I need more wisdom. Just begin to receive that today. God, people are receiving stuff. You're receiving it today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray for you. Pray for you today. Pray for you to just be led by Holy Spirit today. Get to know Holy Spirit today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Real quick, guys, before you before we leave today. I need